Wondering where to take the kids this year for the holidays? Bored of the usual options? Then why not try Candleland, the world's only candle-themed theme park? As a parent, if you know anything, you know that kids love candles. Experience Wick World, Wax Mountain, the Candlestick Kingdom, the Molten Tallow River, Don't Fall In, the Birthday Cake Zone, Chandler's Cove, the little room where we deal with burns. And of course, meet our happy mascot, Mr. Candle. Hello there, I'm Mr. Candle. Light my wick and watch me burn. <laughs> so come and burn the candle at both ends at Candleland, where there's more candle than you can handle. Hello and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine brought to you by Candleland, the world's only candle-themed theme park, which is in the Welsh town of Llanquig, and it is that town that we turn our focus to for this episode. Llanquig is of course the hometown of Eli Roberts, the former slaughterman turned cult leader who has been a guest on this podcast on a number of occasions. In Llanquig, Eli had run his slaughterhouse, an organic zoo and a mosquito-based theme park called Mosquito Mayhem, which was forcibly closed by the authorities. His iron grip on the town abated in 2018 when he was arrested for murder, a charge for which he was ultimately acquitted, although he was jailed for punching a barrister during the trial. Soon after his incarceration began, he escaped prison during a violent prison riot, and although he's officially assumed to be dead by the UK government, since then he has travelled the world, spreading the message of his cult, the Church of Eli, including an extended stay in the demilitarised zone between North and South Korea. But now, he's back in Tlankeeg, and he agreed to give us an interview. Eli, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I guess my first question is, you've had a lot happen to you in recent times. You've mm. been around the world. You know, last time we spoke, you, you told me about how you'd slept inside the reactor core at Chernobyl. You know, you've, you've seen things, you've done things. Yeah, right there. What was it that made you think it's finally time to go home? Well, when you've spent a lot of time in a, in a reactor core or a, a demilitarized zone or a minefield or, uh, uh, you know... You you miss certain comforts. You miss the you miss the comforts of all. You you miss the 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 warmth of a friendly embrace. You you miss a home cooked meal. I mean, I've got none of those things in Tlankeeg, but I mean, I, I imagine they're the sort of places where those things could happen one day. So, because it's probably pretty warm inside the reactor core, I'd imagine. Different sort of heat, though, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 a different sort of heat. It's a it's a it's a matter of degree again. So, I mean, uh, I I I love what he calls shirt sleeves weather, but. Uh, when you're in that sort of uh, core there, surrounded by uh, plutonium, which is, I suppose, deteriorating and giving off gamma rays, beta rays, all, all the rays, you know, that's a different heat. I mean, that is, it's a real, I mean, it's a oh, sweaty. I mean, it is very intense heat. I've been in the Sahara. Uh, I, I was over there once. I, I, I joined the French Foreign Legion briefly. I was kicked out in the end for eating a camel. But, um, that's a different. I mean, that was hot, you know. But when you're when you're inside uh, inside reactor core C, it is very very warm. Uh, proper like skin skin coming off and flesh falling off your bones. Heat. 
it's clear that on your return to Clanky, you haven't been happy with what you found. But before we get onto that, can you just describe to the listeners what Clanky was like before you left? So roll back five years. What was it like then? Lankig, you knew where you were. You knew what was what. There was a natural order of things. There was a natural hierarchy, which I happened to be on top of. There was a food chain, if you will. There was an alpha male. There was an apex predator. And uh, people slag out sharks, but fish know where they stand with a shark, right? We are fish that learn to stand because of a shark. You could say that. You could say that because, because the shark was the king of the castle, if the castle was the sea, right, and the king was the apex predator, then those fish, because they knew where they stood, learned to stand out of the sea. Right. So the shark would not have a dominion over them, you know. So could you could you not say though that the, the people of Flankeeg, in a way, have have, have now evolved in, in response to Well, if you let me finish it. my analogy. So okay. I was gonna say when all the the, the fish have buggered off because they got legs, the shark's got two options. You can be the king of nothing, or you can grow a pair of legs. You can ditch his gills for lungs and get on with it. And that's what I've done. I'm a shark that's walking amongst my fish again. Okay, and how are the fish reacting to the shark? You know, because those fish, yeah. when they grew legs, they probably thought, oh, there's a relief. I'm, I'm, I'm on the land. There's no more sharks here. Uh, much happier. How would they feel then if one day they, they turned around and the shark was coming out, walking up the sand? Do you think a cart feels relieved when a horse leaves? Uh, well, I don't no, know. If, if- because suddenly a cart is redundant. A cart is literally inanimate. It is inert. So I think those people you talk about, a relief. I don't, think, I don't think it was a relief. I think it was a longing. I think when I left, there was a longing for me to return because they, they felt rudderless. So why do you think then, if, if they were longing for your return, and maybe they were, why do you think they took down the huge bronze statue of you that, that you had erected in the town square? Why do you think they destroyed your premises? Let me answer a question with a question. Let's imagine you had a love of your life, right? Man, woman, whatever, I don't care, right? Let's say it was a woman and her name was Gail. Sure. You love Gail and Gail loved you, warts and all. One day you love Gail so much you built a statue to her. And then life being what it is, one day... Gail fucks off with the postman. What do you do with the statue? You can't bear to see it. It brings back memories of happier times. So, old Eli leaves. He gets a, gets a higher calling. People of Flankeeg, they've got two options. They can see that statue and have those memories and have that deep longing in their hearts daily. Or they can try to mitigate that by moving the statue, removing it to try and to try and get on with their lives. And I think, you know, as soon as I came back, they couldn't wait. They could not wait when I came back to, uh, well, I wouldn't let them wait to put the statue back up. So it is It is back, it's there now, is it? It's bigger. I mean, it's bigger than anything now. It's more like this sort of, uh, 
like a colossus of roads, really, bestriding the uh, the town square and the market there. The double decker bus drives literally. There's a good, good. There's probably a good six feet between the top of the bus and my, my testicles. You know, it was a magnificent structure. When you say testicles, do you mean that in in the uh, hmm. you're, the statue's naked then? Naked as the day I was born. Yeah. You know, you see, uh, you see statues of uh, Elizabethan gentlemen or on paintings where they wear in ruffs. It looks old. You see old Eli there in Tlanquig with a, like a 14-foot-long erection and, and testicles. Two things, proud, timeless. And that erection, I believe, now works as a sundial. Well, yeah, not by, not, uh, not by, uh, by accident either. I mean, that was by design. You always know... What time it is? We call it cock o'clock in uh, in Lanky. I mean, it was made by some of the finest craftsmen that I could make work for me, you know. Every hour on the hour, for instance, the testicles clanged together. It could be heard for, for miles around as well. Uh, and what's to be embarrassed about? There, there's, when I first built it, people said, oh, you, you know, why have you got a 14-foot erection made of solid bronze? I said, well, why, why? my answer, question would be, why not? You know, it's it's, it's a Beauty of life, isn't it? So what better way to say, here I am, I'm proud, this is where I'm from. People say they're proud about where they're from. When you see, when you see a 60-foot-high statue with a 14-foot boner, well, could you be more proud of that? Did you get planning permission for the Colossus? Don't need planning permission. Because I've heard from various residents of Clankeek that the Colossus blocks out all natural light. Which ones are they? In, into their Which homes. Ones? Which one? Is it right that their everyday life is blighted by a giant bronze bell end? Which ones? Is that so fair? That, yeah. I can't. I can't tell you who. who... Well, I don't. I, I can work it out. I'll just I'll wait. I'll see where the shadow falls. I think they'll, they'll know who they are. And then when I maybe I'll, they'll, they can talk to me and they can they can air their grievances with me firsthand. Okay, let's let's put that to one side. One of the premises that you left behind when you left Clankeek was your ill-fated mosquito-themed theme park. Mosquito Mayhem, which was closed down by the authorities. Yeah. You say ill-fated. I mean, uh, it was a victim of sabotage. Well, well, the forces of the UK state brought to bear the laws of the land well, on what you were doing the there. Laws of, the laws of whose land? Well, I mean, we've been through this before many times when we've talked yeah, about the it, legal system. and Yeah, which I, you know... You're only you're only bound by a legal system if if you if you I believe if you uh, agree with it. I don't agree with it. Anyway, we, you know, legal systems aside, mm. what happened happened with regards to mosquito mayhem. Um, Absolute tragedy. In, in what way was it a tragedy? Well, I just think of all those smiling faces and and, and some bloody bureaucrat, some pen pusher, some stuffed shirt asshole has taken it upon themselves to take people's fun away from them like that without without so much to buy or leave. I mean, I, I never went to Mosquito Mayhem myself. I, I, I never heard of people being happy when they left. I don't think that was really the point, was it? Even when the way you described it to me, hmm. it was more about learning a lesson than it was about... Well, there was a relief. Wasn't it? Right. Relief is happiness. If, if, if I was torturing you, and, and who's to say I won't do that? If I stopped, then there would be happiness. There would be, there'd be, there'd be a tremendous sense of relief. The absence of harm is in itself a, a joyous thing. If you'd never been punched in the face, you would never know how nice it is to not be punched in the face. Okay, well, accepting that for the sake of argument, 
what's been built on the site of Mosquito Mayhem uh, is a much more conventional attraction. Travesty. And I have seen photographs there, and the children going to that place do have smiles on their faces, and they're managing to generate happiness without the need for there to be any kind of threat of violence hanging over anyone. And in that way, isn't it, isn't it a more pure source of joy? I suppose you're talking about the abomination that is Candleland. Candleland is the world's only candle-themed theme park. Jeff Pugh fled Clankeeg over 20 years ago, after many years spent being forced to work in the Roberts Slaughterhouse. But in 2018, he felt it was safe for him to return. Eli had gone, and that changed everything. He felt that this was a new start for the town of Clankeeg, and wanted to do something that would use the town's history as a candle-making hub to bring in wealth in the present and the future. And that was the thing that led to the idea of Candleland. It also seemed like a good idea because the town provided the perfect site for the park. There was the old site for Mosquito Mayhem that uh, Eli had built. So it was basically there for the taking. Despite having no previous experience, Jeff actually designed the park himself. Candlestick Kingdom, Wick World and uh, Wax Mountain was our most popular ride, which was actually an old space mountain from Disney World that we had just painted to make it look like a candle from the outside um, and the log flume that we had was you were sat in a candle so it was so everything was themed around candles gift shop was sticks of rock shaped like a candle etc uh, etc et rubbers like candles um, it cost upwards of 400 million pounds to build we got the money from government loans um, some quite sizable tax breaks as well, and a big chunk from the actor Ted Danson. Hello, my name is Emma Harrison and I'm an actor. In 2019, Emma Harrison had just graduated from acting school in Cardiff. Her dream was to get a job inside a theme park mascot. And not a lot of people know this, but a lot of work goes into bringing mascots to life. There's so much physicality involved. No one can see your facial expression, so you've really got to act with your arms. Also, for the entire time, you're naked in the mascot costume because it's so warm and you're trying not to vomit. So it's it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of grit. And not everyone can do it, you know? During her time at acting school, she had elected to take classes from a mascot acting tutor. We had this wonderful lady, um, very sad, so sad inside, but um, a great, great mascot come in. Her name was Carol, and she uh, was dressed as a pink alien. She really brought that alien to life, you know? The costume had horns and a beak. Like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what vibe she was going for, but she had a very bewitching, sad aura that really, you know, she was endearing. I liked her a lot. Just weeks after leaving acting school, Emma landed her first role to be the person inside the mascot of Candleland, Mr. Candle. Just a few days later, she moved to Llanquig. When I got to Llanquig, I immediately knew it was a very strange place. Um, I tried to look up places to rent online, but couldn't even find a mention of Llanquig at all on Google. Eventually, I just ended up going door to door, just begging people to let me stay with them, but they just weren't having it at all. I kept slamming doors shut on my face until I knocked 
on one door, just a pretty isolated house. It was quite creepy. This old man opened the door and he told me that he had one room that I could rent for suspiciously cheap, if I'm honest. Uh, But there was no other option, so I just took it. He was a teeny tiny old man, couldn't have been above four foot ten, wore shorts all year round, regardless of the weather. And I don't know if you've seen an 81-year-old's legs. You don't want to look at them. Um, He wore hats all of the time and a lot of female body inspector T-shirts, you know, like, mm, it's not appropriate for an 81-year-old man. But on the other hand, he's old. I don't want to tell him how to live his life. Mr Jenkins told Emma that there was one rule that must be followed in the house. He explained that there was one room in the house that I wasn't allowed to go in. He showed me to the door. It was painted lime green, which was strange. No locks. He said he trusted me, which was strange because we'd only known each other about half an hour at that point. Um, And he told me I was under no circumstances allowed to go in that room. The only thing I did know is that whatever was in that room, I didn't want to see it. Now, I've seen plenty of photographs and... um, video footage of Candleland, and there are loads of kids there, they're laughing, they're having a good time. I mean, it looks great. Right. I came up, I've come up with a, with a little phrase for that, I've invented myself. Okay. Fake news. Well, I'm not sure you've invented that phrase. Fake news. You've seen smiling kids. Who's to say those kids weren't in Mosquito Mayhem and they've, they've with their modern jiggery-pokery, put them into a picture of Candleland. Or more likely, those kids are smiling because they're not going to Candleland. Their parents decided this year they're not going to go to Candleland and they're happy. Or even worse, they're happy the prospect of going to Candleland. You don't see the pictures of them afterwards when they're filled with, with a crushing sense of unfulfilled promise. Plus it's easy. I mean, they were trying to build something on the shoulders of giants. Who's to say that little kid or that, that little that boy or girl wasn't happy because, you know, their siblings and them had been to, you know, Mosquito Mayhem two or three years ago and, and they were the only survivor. And then and, and being there has as given this this joie de vivre, you know, this lust for life. So you think even though they're the reason they're enjoying Candleland is because it's not Yes. They're no longer at Mosquito Mayhem. Exactly. Without Mosquito Mayhem. There could be no no mosquito mayhem. I, I understand what you mean, but as far as I can tell, it's become a very popular attraction. There are people coming from all over Europe to, to go to Candleland. You know, people flying in from across the world. Weak people will always need distractions, right? If they're morally weak, spiritually weak, emotionally weak, they need the ephemera. They need they need the they got such a paucity of, of wit and intelligence. That they revel in 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 the flimsiest of of in inverted commas entertainment, right? I mean, that's as a as a human race, we got where we are today by this paper thin enjoyment. This this got no depth. This got no. It's got no heart. It's got it's got no basis in anything rich and, and deep and meaningful, right? It's just it's just enjoyment for enjoyment's sake. You know, you 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 got a roller coaster, and you know you're, you're happy and smiling because it's, it's fun and it's a and it's. A, but you go on one of my roller coasters. There's a very good chance you won't, you will not survive, a very good chance. And you come off there, and boy, oh boy, I mean, you you have lived. You've stood on the edge of the precipice, and been able to step back, and whoa, wow. But Eli, people vote with their feet. Not if you take the feet off them. 
No, but you know, let's look at the numbers of people who went to Mosquito Mayhem and the numbers of people who've been to Candleland. Right. No, I don't have the specific numbers from Mosquito Mayhem because you've never divulged that. Either. Sure. But looking on TripAdvisor, we've, we could look at the reviews. And um, there's 25 reviews on TripAdvisor for Mosquito Mayhem. All of them are, are one star. Right. Um, you know, I'll just take one at random here. It says, um, my son was excited to go to Mosquito Mayhem, but within minutes, uh, his face had swollen up. Mm. And despite being six years old, mm. he looked like a bloated corpse found in the sea. And he still looks that way. That's a one star. Um, another one here, um, it says, it was revealed in the post-mortem that my wife was bitten over a million times in under two minutes. And I'm I'm going to, I'm going to assume there that the, his wife died at Mosquito Mayhem. I don't think you get a post-mortem unless you've died, or or certainly if you know, you have to be seriously ill for them to be doing a, a post-mortem on you. How very, very sad. How very, very sad. Because, you know, who's to say what'll happen in the future now? You know, that fellow's wife died. And I can, I can see, like it was yesterday, I, I, I saw it happen. I was there when it happened. Who's to say that a couple of years later she wasn't driving to school, you know, taking the kids to school, had too much to drink the night before, lost control of the car at a zebra crossing and wiped out nine kids at a, at a zebra crossing outside of school. If you believe in... Uh, the greater good, which I always have done, they're, you know, they're your theories on his head, then it's on his ass, isn't it? What you've basically done is condone someone drinking and driving and, 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 and piling into a, you know, a zebra crossing full of kids. I didn't mention a zebra crossing or any children. Yeah, but you can't say that. You can't say that couldn't have happened. Well, it might have happened, but there's no. Well, there we go then, out of your own mouth. It might have happened. But well, that's the dice you're, prepo- you're prepared to roll, are you? But there's lots of might have happens. There's lots of might have happens. There. Yes, there are. And to just brush over the fact there's lots of things that might happen is, is to do it a disservice. But it, whenever we have these kind of conversations, the might have happens that you come up with are always negative, like ploughing into some yes. children on a zebra crossing. It's called life. Yeah, but there are also positive outcomes that, that, you know, that could have happened in her life that could have helped others and could have helped the world and made things more positive. You know, on the, on the other side of that particular coin, you're polishing your pocket, right? These smiling idiots with their TripAdvisor reviews. Who's to say they're not so buoyed by self-confidence? God knows what they could do in that, in that, in that heightened state. They could go out there, they could be so pleased, they've had a fab, fabulous time at Candleland, you know, that they decide next year to, to bring the whole family from Cape Town the Candleland for a holiday and the plane crashes, the family is wiped out, the plane has landed on a village uh, and the whole village is aflame, covered in kerosene, people are burned to death, There's, the properties are ruined. All because of what? Because someone has had a day out and that is, if you, if you think that's a price worth paying, well that says more about you sunshine than it does about all you like. After about a year of construction, Candleland was finally ready to open. The opening day was phenomenal. It was hugely attended. Every single resident of uh, Shankeek attended. And brilliantly, just despite the fact there was, you know, Wick World and Candlestick Kingdom, the, the one thing that was the most popular 
became that we hadn't seen coming was was Mr. Candle, who was who was the mascot. What Mr. Candle was was essentially one big candle, which is fine. On one hand, though, I would say if you're gonna make a mascot costume of a candle, don't make it out of actual wax because it's not a breathable material and it was a waking nightmare to wear. And also, you know, give it some arms and make it wider than a human body so you can actually walk in it. I just don't think that they really thought it through and gave thought to the fact that there would be a living person within that candle, overheating, sweating, naked, trying their best not to vomit, but actually vomiting all over themselves. I just... It was a great character, I think, in that it was engaging for the kids, sure. I mean, the first thing they would do when the park gates opened was find me, uh, which, I mean, that felt really good. Um, But pretty soon it did become evident that they were just trying to find me so that they could tackle me to the ground, knowing full well I couldn't get back up. It was so popular, in fact, that queues of children waiting to try and rugby tackle Mr Candle became the second most popular ride of the day. They would roll me around the park screaming and kicking me. Um, That wasn't great for the vomit. Essentially turned the costume into a hot vomit smoothie, which wasn't ideal. They loved me, but I'm, I'm not sure that I loved them. Let's talk about what you did to Candleland. What I had to do. You arrived there. Was that the first time you'd arrived there? Were you aware of it before you got there? When I came back, I, 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 I mean, there was like, uh, it was like, it was almost like the prodigal son returning. I mean, I, I, I would have come in on on the back of an ass, but I mean, there were, there were no asses left. I, I, I butchered them several years hence. Uh, I, I, it did think I thought. What would look good? I mean, I've always been a showman. I thought a camel would would be a, would be a hell of an entrance, you know, coming on uh, dromedary or back in there. You know, either either one would be fine for me. But um, unfortunately, they both taste fabulous. I mean, I, if you've never tasted camel, you you haven't lived, you know. And raw camel is like sushi. So hang on, you 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 didn't trust yourself with a camel, is that what you mean? I don't trust myself with most animals. To be fair, put it this way. The next time I eat an animal that I don't enjoy, it'll be the first time. But that's by the by. I mean, I, when I turned up a land key, long story short, there was nothing to, to ride on. Uh, so I walked into town. There was a, you know, uh, a, a wailing and a gnashing of teeth, but in a good way from the locals. And I, I, I could see, I could see Candleland, where... Mosquito Mayhem had been, but I, I poured my heart and soul into Mosquito Mayhem, as you know, you know, and, and I was angry. I was homicidally angry. I was I was beside myself with, uh, oh, it needs to be described as a vicious, righteous fury. When Eli arrived back in Clankeeg, it just so happened to coincide with the one-year anniversary of Candleland. Jeff had wanted to make it a special event, and so they went all out. We throw money at an enormous international star in Kelly Clarkson. The plan was that Kelly Clarkson would perform at a huge gala event at the park, which would culminate in Kelly and Mr Candle singing the Welsh national anthem from the stage. Jeff told Emma what was going to happen, and she was incredibly excited, and that evening she told her landlord, Mr Jenkins. The response is not what I was expecting, and... I don't think the response is what anyone would expect. Mr. Jenkins immediately started sobbing, like on the floor, 
whole body sobbing. At one point he just grabbed onto my legs and looked up at me and it was the most pathetic thing I'd ever seen. And that was the moment that he showed me what was behind the lime green door. I'm not exaggerating when I say that every inch of that room was covered in Kelly Clarkson photos. Covered. And when I say Kelly Clarkson photos, I don't mean like press shots. I don't mean photos from magazines. These were photos that had been taken of Kelly Clarkson going about her daily life. It was intense. It was creepy. There was a mannequin dressed up as Kelly Clarkson, um, but like 2008 Kelly Clarkson, not current Kelly Clarkson, where she's got a stylist involved. It was, it was a lot. Mr. Jenkins shows me a tiny wooden diorama he's made of a church with two tiny little Lego figurines dressed up as Kelly Clarkson and him getting married. He's obviously wearing his shorts and his female body inspector t-shirt in the Lego figurine. I didn't know they made those for them. Um, uh, So he turns to me, uh, holding this diorama, and uh, he stops sobbing at this point, but he is silently crying, which is creepier, I think. Um, His eyes are all red and puffy, and his his shorts are all in disarray. His hat is all ski-whiff. It was just off. And he says, I will do anything to be on that stage with Kelly Clarkson. He says, I will give you £20,000 to let me be in that Mr. Candle suit on stage with her. So I said, yeah, that's fine. £20,000. It was an absolutely beautiful evening. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better night. And Kelly Clarkson is on stage. She's banging out the Welsh National Anthem. She's learnt it. She learnt it phonetically, in fairness, and didn't have a clue what she was singing. But, you know, that's okay. Mr Candle is doing his bit, and they are absolutely smashing it on stage. And then just at the moment that Kelly Clarkson and Mr Candle are hitting the climax of the Welsh National Anthem, glad, glad, everybody's singing along with them, there's an explosion. An enormous cloud of mosquitoes instantly fills the arena, and I knew that that was Eli. That first explosion, you know, I, I'll let you describe what happened, but it, mm. it, it involved, if I'm getting this right, yeah, several hundred thousand mosquitoes which you had stored under the ground with the kind of knowledge this might happen in the future, it seems like an amazing amount of foresight to store... The thing... Right. Forewarned is forearmed. I've always believed that. So when I built Mosquito Mayhem uh, back in the day, I, I planned for an eventuality where, you know, no, knowing that life is uh, it's a tapestry with, with, with a weave and a weft that we can scarcely comprehend sometimes. Under the ground of Mosquito Mayhem, in the, in the middle of the, of the, of the, the showground there, I... I I buried 24 shipping containers. Uh, and I, they were chock-a-block full of, uh, of, uh, of the worst sort of mosquitoes. I mean, the, the real bad boys, you know what I mean? The uh, the cream of the crop, so to speak. So, uh, and they've been in there for, well, for years. Um, and can they can survive just underground in a shipping container? Yeah, yeah. You, you just got to, you've got to put some water in there occasionally and, and some and some carcasses, but they, they will, they will, uh, they'll thrive. not just survive, they'll thrive. Um so a bit of topsoil on the front. And then what I did is I, I rigged the, the, the roofs of the shipping containers very much like the North Vietnamese had done in the war uh, against the Yankee oppressors, where I, uh, the, the explosive charges that, that they would use to blow up bridges and railway lines, etc. When Kelly was hitting the big notes, the glad glad, which is the, the bit which everyone joins in, you know, 
on that on the second guard is when I pressed I pressed the button and I unleashed I unleashed the reckoning. So uh several hundred tons of topsoil and some reinforced steel. Shipping containers were blasting into the air and then uh well it's it's difficult to, to number it because of the nature of mosquitoes, but I mean it would have been a, in the billions, I'd imagine. Billions of mosquitoes were released. And I imagine they're pretty angry after all that time underground as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, they were like Byron. They were they were mad, bad, and dangerous to know. But if these mosquitoes had a grudge, wouldn't wouldn't it not be against their their jailer, i.e., you, yourself? Well, the joy the joy of a well one of the one of the joys of a mosquito, of course, is they are thick as fuck. I mean, they wouldn't recognise me from Adam. And also, they, you know, they they bit Kelly Clarkson. You know, it seems as if they thought that she was responsible for their incarceration you know if you look at the video some of the camera phone footage she seems to get the brunt of the mosquito well she'd been singing you know loudly and the thing with it they're attracted to heat of the the, the blood of mosquitoes so kelly i mean it's quite a nippy day but she'd see me there with an entourage fur coat on you know so she was warm anyway took the fur coat after you know she had like a, a stars and stripes bikini on underneath but with that all that naked flesh and because she was singing loudly, there would have been the blood was near the skin. She was she had that body warmth. Then it was like a, well, I could just say like a red rag to a bull, but like a like a it was like a pink Kelly to a mosquito, you know. I mean, luckily she's she's okay now. Um, not she's everyone, a survivor, isn't she? She's a survivor. Uh, not everyone was so lucky that a lot of people now have malaria. I think in in the area, which hmm. you know you wouldn't normally see that level of malaria outside of sub-Saharan Africa. No. Um, are they getting the help they need? Are they? No. No, I didn't give them. I, I've made sure that that no medical aid is is forthcoming because I mean they they'll either survive or they will not survive, and that is as simple as that, you know. And if they hadn't have uh, got rid of mosquito mayhem and built Candleland and knocked my statue down and brought Kenny Clarkson over, then it was to say things wouldn't have panned out differently. But uh, the fact is, they did those things and they had to reap, you know. You very much reap what you sow, didn't you? So just to just to paint the picture of what was happening, I think many mm. people, as I said, will have seen the the camera phone footage, which is very pretty intense. Um, the noise is incredible of that many mosquitoes. It just sounds oh, like, hum, amazing, like a, you know, like yeah. helicopters. It's like tremendous, you know, like an Apache attack helicopter. I mean, you did have an Apache attack helicopter as well, but um, well, just to mop up the uh, the stragglers. Yeah. Did you really need the helicopter? Was that was that not overkill? Thing is, I mean, I, and I wasn't going for people. I, I just sort of made a, I made a ring to keep people in. There, there was no physical barriers there. They, they took down all the old barbed wire and stuff. What it was able to do with a, with a, the Apache was not only to have a ring of fire to keep people within a certain area, but also the, the downdraft from the rotors was was phenomenal, and it kept all the mosquitoes within a sort of a, a six foot ceiling, which is obviously optimum attack height. So you'd really, th- you'd really thought it through. I think the the really shocking part of the video is when you start turning mm. your fire. Uh, specifically, it looks like on the mascot, Mister Candle, who seems for some reason to have have really um, been the been the subject of most of your ire. What, what was it about the the mascot that if did he deserve what you did to him? Uh, right. Let's go back to one of my original stories. Right, you're a shark. 
you go away and you try to do shark things. You come back and there's another shark there, right? But this shark not only is asking for adoration from the people that once adored you, but he's also dressed up like a bloody candle, right? Just to rub your nose in it. Mr. Candle was the embodiment of disrespect. So Mr. Candle comes in here like he's the big I am because he's got a wick on his head and he's, and, you know, he thinks he's all that, right? I'm here to say there's only one light in this village, sunshine. And what do you do with a candle before you go to bed? You snuff it out. It's very rare that someone snuffs out a candle with a missile, though. Well, only because, you know, the, the nature of, of time being what it is, when candles were 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 enjoying their brief moment of uh, of popularity was 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 the pre missile age, you know. So, Mister Candle, he, he's coming into the twenty first century as a candle. Well, he's going to have some twenty first century snuffing going on. I never thought that in my entire life I would see a military-grade helicopter firing a missile at a man dressed as a candle. But now I've seen it, and I can never unsee it. Watching him writhing about on the floor um, with the with the costume melting around him, was a, it was a difficult watch because, I mean, he wasn't a bad man. I, I don't think it was a great look for him that the only thing that survived the fire was the female body inspector t-shirt. That's not ideal. Not a great legacy to leave behind. But at least he died doing what he loved, screaming at Kelly Clarkson. I mean, I used a, a surface-to-air missile, but just put it in upside down. So it went uh, air to surface. Once he got hit by that missile, it was, he had a much greater surface than he did before. He was, Boy, uh... <laughs> that's the nature of maths, isn't it? I mean, he was... Uh... His service area increased greatly, but I mean, uh, of course, the funny, the funny thing is, because he was, uh, he, he was, he was hoisted by his own petard, so to speak, because he was, uh, he burnt to death because he was covered in wax. Oh, I melted, I melted, like, uh, I mean, like it's like, uh, you know, it's like my old dad used to say, if, if you don't want to melt to death, don't dress as a candle. And I said, Taylor's all his time, isn't it? Do you have a do you have a message for the family of Mr. Candle? I mean, j- j- I'm not sure if you know who was actually inside the Mr. Candle suit. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was a it was an old old man who's um, yeah. Th- Thomas Jenkins. Yeah, same here, Tom. Eighty one years old. Yeah. Just enjoying himself. I, I I don't see that he's uh. personally done. You know, I can see that Mr. Candle for you is a kind of um, a totem. Uh, uh, a sort of symbol of what's gone wrong in your eyes, but he was yeah. just an innocent man inside a candle suit. Ah, an innocent man. He wanted to meet Kelly Clarkson, you know. Yeah, 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 of course, an innocent man who, who'd agreed to uh, to try and take the piss of old Eli by dressing as a candle and uh, and walking around the place that he that Eli made and take the plaudits and meet Kelly Clarkson. You know, so I I, I think you. I think you bandy the word innocent around there too freely, if I'm very honest with you. But um, 81, decent innings. You know, what's the average age in, uh, in the UK for a, for a male? I think it's 80.4, so uh, and considerably less than that in Lankeek. 
I said it's in the high twenties. So I mean, he did, he's done very well. You 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 could turn on and say, hey, bloody hell, Tom Jenkins done well, and he's a, he lived to three times the average age of a, of a Flankeague resident, and he died relatively quickly, and he met Kenny Clarkson. So, you know, we got to die. Something. Everyone's got to die. Something, haven't we? We all we're all going to die. Some of us will die in, in a vat of piss. Some of us will die melted to death. Some of us will die from mosquito bites. Some of us will die because we've been we've had a, a a vase jammed down an air hole. Some of us will die because we've been hit by a lump hammer. Some of us will die because someone will throw a, a landmine at us. Everything dies. One day we'll all be dead, right? One day the, the whole universe will will grind to a halt. All the energy will have gone. We'll approach absolute zero, and and everything will stop. Time itself will stop. When that happens in fifteen billion years' time. Who's going to remember of that daft old fucker Tom Jenkins, you know, melting to death for taking a piss of Eli? I mean, knowing what I know about Mr. Jenkins, if you had offered him the opportunity to meet Kelly Clarkson and then almost immediately die in a missile attack versus never meeting Kelly Clarkson in his whole life, I mean, he definitely would have chose the first option. He loved her. Was the speech at his way? the best opportunity to explain that to his family. Probably not. They weren't thrilled when I described the Kelly Clarkson room to them. But, you know, you've got to speak your truth. Candleland was over and I had to go. I just ran. But the trouble was, many of the crowd thought that this was all part of the Candleland experience. They thought it was great. They thought the helicopter was an effect and the mosquitoes weren't real. They thought this was Hollywood. And as I'm running, some of them are trying to lift me up and put me on their shoulders. I was a hero. And I was like, no, get off, put me down. I've got to go. I've got to go. And they were going, hey, here's Jeff. Well done, Jeff. Uh, Hey, Jeff. Nice job, but uh, tremendous, a brilliant show. And then other people going, hey, Jeff, amazing. Yeah, the, these mosquito bites feel real. How do you do it, bud? Yeah, yeah how do you do it, bud? They're all, all, and I'm like, shut I'm just running, really. I'm not really replying. And then someone else is like, oh, Jeff, Mr. Candle, it looks like he's on fire. How do you do it? Oh, Jeff, is that helicopter CGI? They, I mean, they just didn't get it. They just thought it was all part of the show and all a big conceit. And I just ran and I ran and I ran, avoiding the searchlights of the helicopter until I made it out the back end of the village. And then I don't have any memory of where I went. I just remember waking up in Cardiff. More after this. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, so she went to ZipRecruiter.com, posted her job, and found the right person in less than two weeks. How ZipRecruiter's technology finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-E-F. Well, let's talk about Clankig now. It's fair to say you've re-established your, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a kind of put your, you're back in that kind of patrician role, I guess you could I say. I put my, my stamp back on it, yeah. Sure. W- what's your plan, really, Clankig? You've turned what was Candleland into what's being described as a 
gigantic outdoor slaughterhouse where people are forced to work against their will. Is that true? They've got no will to speak of. Well, you know, are, are they forced to work? Well, they're not forced to work, are they? They can die or work. They've got a choice. Amnesty International have, have written a report about what they have discovered about what's going on there. And they describe it, and, and these aren't my words, the cruel and unusual way in which animals mm. are dispatched at the former theme park. Well, because you've got to have a bit of fun, haven't you? I personally think that being on a conveyor belt and going along a conveyor belt and getting stunned and getting a bolt in the brain, I think, I think that's cruel. I think it's boring. There's, there's so you no, think no it's worse. better if you have you know a similar What's process? worse than being bored? Being bored? Yeah. What would you rather? Would you rather would you rather watch a, a, a game of football that was nil nil or four three? Yeah, but the people who what would you rather nil nil or four three? Four three, but the people who lived in town before so, they so were nil, having nil is, nil nil is a is a is a is an anaesthetized bolt to the brain. Yeah, and four three is having a bit of fun, you know, a piano wire or a bit of whatever. You could be on the teacups spinning around until until uh, until the centrifugal force forced you. Basically, an aneurysm in your, inside your brain, or it could be going down uh, like a log flume into a into a big big pool of bleach. You know, have a bit of have a bit of fun while we're doing it. There's a and there's not much else to do, to be honest. I mean, it's it's like we haven't got a cinema to speak of. Yes, but we, we haven't got a, a Frankie and Benny's. I mean, yeah, but the residents of Clankey previously. Yeah. You know, they were going to Candleland and having fun there and not being bored because they were going mm. down, they were going on the teacups, not to cause centrifugal force to kill a mm. pig, to get its brain to come out of its nose, but just to have a nice time and not be bored and have a fun time. They were using the right. roller coaster as an enjoyable few minutes, not yeah. to fill it with cattle and then make them go at speed through some piano wire. Yeah, yeah. It was frivolous before when I was fun and functional. But they weren't bored before, is what I'm the point I'm trying to make. They no, they're not bored now. But now they, they're also gainfully employed, you know? Their fun time has become work time. What, what they once did after work for a laugh, they can now do as work for a laugh. And do the people working there, do they ever complain to you? Do they ever say this is... This is brutal. Not, not directly, You've... no. Not nothing to my face, no. What would you say if they said, the, you know, the way we're dispatching animals here, you've turned it into a sort of sick, devilish fun fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Right. Sick, devilish fun. I mean, that sounds. We can all we can all imbue phrases with with negativity. You, you, if you break that down, so a sick, devilish fun fair. Well, that sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Well, not to me, it doesn't. Well, have you ever been on something that made you feel a bit sick, like a like a roller coaster? Yeah. Have you ever done something a bit wicked, and you know you maybe maybe shouldn't have done a bit a bit risque, devilish? Yeah, but I, you know, yes, 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 yes yeah, you have, yeah. yes. And have you ever been to a fun fair? Yes. Did you enjoy it? Yes. So sick, devilish fun fair. Three enjoyable things. And that's not my words, that's your own words from your own mouth. But when I'm thinking of something devilish, it's, you know, sneaking into a neighbour's backyard pool when they're away to have some fun in right. their pool while they're on holiday. Well, fill, a, fill a pool full of bleach and chuck a cow in and it's the same thing. 
I mean, the fun, the fun in there is is fabulous. You know, it's lovely to see. Uh, have you ever had uh, hamster floss? Hamster floss. Hamster floss. Yes, yeah. so you basically get a stick and you 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 stick it up a, a hamster's ass and put them in a candy floss machine and women, you know, you whirl it, whirl it and whirl it round and it gets covered in the sort of the cotton candy the medic was called, didn't he? Ah, oh, it's a hamster floss, yeah. So, ah, uh, oh, brilliant. Dodgems. Oh, I don't know if you've ever seen a giraffe in a, in a Dodgem car when they're strapped in and they, they go in. I, I've, I've, dis, I've uh, disengaged a steering in a lot of the cars, so they'll, they'll go in a straight line at, at, at a hell of a whack. Why do you see a giraffe crash into another giraffe on a, on a Dodgem? I mean... It gives it gives it gives the word whiplash a whole new meaning. I mean, the, the unbelievable um, when you see a, a giraffe careening into another giraffe in a dodgem at flat out speed. Then you know, no vets required. That is that's a done deal. Brilliant. I've got to say, it doesn't sound brilliant to me. What's what's better to dispatch a giraffe that way, or for some American to pay thirty thousand dollars and shoot it with a gun? There's no giraffes these days that have natural causes. You get shot by an American or you die on one of the late dodgems. I mean, if if I was a giraffe, I think I'd probably choose the, you know, the swift bullet to the brain from a, a big game hunter. You'd rather bring pleasure to some antisocial weirdo than, than, a, than a family from the valleys. This family from the Welsh valleys, though, how are they mm. benefiting from a giraffe? Well, we're, seeing, we're seeing it happen. Oh, so families are still coming to the park as a as an amusement park well yeah i mean it's it's open 24 hours a day so i mean you know when you finish your shift you're free you're free to stay on there and and, and enjoy enjoy the rides people live on the site right i see i see there's nothing outside of the site anymore very little there's a couple of uh small houses in the in the you know in the shadow of the bollocks but i mean there's people live on site that's the joy of it. They 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 live in where they work and they work in where they live. All you like sort of everything. If somebody wanted to visit from from outside, mm. could they visit the park? You're welcome in, yeah. So do you get tourists arriving? Maybe they didn't realise that Candleland has changed hands and they you know, they come with a family to they, come and see Mr. They, Candle. Uh, yeah, they learn pretty quick. But they're welcome to stay and work. Because you haven't taken down the sign of you, it still says Candleland. No. Yeah. So to the outside, it looks to me as if it's still, you know, the website's still open. Yeah, yeah. So let's say a family turn up from Kent on half term. Mm. They've come yeah. to Candleland because they want to meet Mr. Candle. They yeah. go through the turnstiles. How yep. quickly are they going to realise things have changed? If their nose is working immediately. The stench of death and decay is, is fairly overwhelming. Okay, so let's imagine I've come to Candleland and I've brought my right. family with me. Yeah, yeah. And I say, oh, I'd, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. Uh, there's right. this horrible smell of, of decay mm. and death. Um, mm. I, I went to the Dodgems to take my child on the Dodgems. I couldn't go on the Dodgems because no. actually all of the cars were full of giraffes that were being yeah. violently murdered, essentially, by, by the uh, way the machine had been set up. Yeah. I'm deeply shocked by this. I'd like to leave. I'd like my money back. I've already paid £120 for my family to come in. Which, if you've paid individually, it would be £160. So you've saved money. You've saved £40 on the family deal, yeah? Sure. Yeah, I've paid for the family pass. 
Uh, and that means I should get, it says here I should get a free fo- family photo with Mr. Candle. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, well, what's left of him, yeah. Okay, well, I would I would like a refund, please, and I'm going to leave and no. take my family with me. No. There we are, done. Okay, well, uh, I'd like to leave. No. Thank you. And I put the shutter down. And then what, ha- you know, are they? They're in. Next clang of the bollocks. They're on. They're on the. Uh, you know. They're they're at work. So. Twelve clangs later, they can go and uh, back on the right. You know this. This interview will be broadcast publicly. It'd be interesting to see. You know what the authorities have to say about some of the things you've told me. Well, don't forget now that uh, you got forty pound off if you book four of you, two adults, two kids, instead of being uh, under sixty pounds, is under twenty pounds. It feels a bit like you're dodging the question, Eli. All right. Do you- do you hear that then? That's the old, uh, the old bollocks clanging. Oh, is I that? Love you. Oh, I can hear that in the background. Yeah. So that's. I love you and leave you. That's the yeah, big bronze gotta, clanking bollocks. Yeah, the big bronze clanking bollocks that means only one thing. Kelly Clarkson time. She's uh, she does a, a show every lunchtime one o'clock. So. Uh, oh, she's still there. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't let her leave. I mean, she's an absolute. Uh, she brings him in, Kelly. She's a hell of a girl. Yeah. So. Uh, and she's, you know, grown, grown to love the place as well. So uh, every every lunch hour, one o'clock, Kelly Clarkson show. You know, you want to come, come, come to Candleland if you like uh, wildlife, fun, hard work. Kelly Clarkson, this is the place to be. Don't forget this. Bring bring a four to you, and instead of being under sixty pounds, it'll just be under twenty pounds as well. So, uh, so just to get that straight, the family pass is one hundred and twenty pounds. Would normally be one hundred and sixty. I mean, that's it's sounding like a great deal. The more I say it. It's yeah, £40 yeah. Pounds off. And don't forget that that includes accommodation, that includes, uh, you know, everything. So Great. Oh, well, just for, for your listeners as well, I, I, Old Eli would like to take the opportunity to say, uh, on top of the already great value of the family discount, I would like to offer you, your listeners, a 10% off on top of that. Uh, they just got to use the code I am melting. So get on to Candleland, have a look, uh, put in the code I am melting, and uh, another 10% off. God, it's very generous. That's 10% off. So, what, a family deal, normally 120, that comes down to 108. That's for four yeah. people, 108. That's that's very competitive when you're comparing it to other amusement parks. Obviously, I, they then add that there's a £52 surcharge then for administration and whatnot. Uh, oh, so. still, a, still a great deal, though. Um, thank, thank you yeah. so much for that. So that's an exclusive deal for listeners of Beef and Dairy Network podcast. No other podcast listeners are getting this deal, right? This is exclusive to us. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, great. You, yeah. And that's the code I am melting. Code I am melting. I am melting, yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Elo. That's really um that's really great. I, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna take you up on that offer. Yeah. And um Gonna love you and leave you because uh Kelly's Kelly's warming up. But uh yeah, take care now. All right. Thanks, Eli. Yeah, turn up. Do you want to experience the world's only theme park without any electrical lights? Then why not try Candleland? It's the world's only only Actually, Eli Listen, I've not been paid for any of these voiceovers, and and frankly, I, I'd like to see my family. I've had it, and I'm, I'm not sleeping out in the open for another night, woken by the crack of a giraffe's neck from the bumper cars. Look, no, no, look, I'm going home. So please, please untie me, Eli. Eli? Eli? Oh, God, not the hammer. Not the hammer, please, Eli, no! No, I'll be good, I'll be good, Eli, please, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Eli, no. No, Eli, please, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, no, I need my knees. Oh! <laughs>
Thanks to Eli, Jeff and Emma for those interviews. And remember, for 10% off the already great value family pass, it's the code I am melting. So that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to our website now, where you'll find all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we got Enya and her management team to see how many AA batteries they could throw into the sea before they were consumed with guilt. Don't want to give anything away, but it was a pretty interesting outcome. So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Tom Crowley, Mike Bubbins, Chris Corcoran, and Priya Hall. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? Yeah! We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, Me, and now, nearly ten years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones, all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes. No, no, not at all. The better ones, the good ones, clues ahoy. Listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence. Laugh if you must, but mainly get all the great clues. My Brother, My Brother, Me. It's an advice show, kind of, but a treasure hunt, mainly. Anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps. My Brother, My Brother, Me. The hunt is on! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.